the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Check ASO is an analytical ASO platform that provides you with up-to-date data on keywords, competitors, ratings, and reviews. It also grades your ASO level and gives you custom tips on how to improve it. This way, you can increase your app page visibility, organic traffic, and installs with every update. Try it now for free for seven days at checkaso.io. That once again is checkaso.io. We all have developer horror stories from language barriers to bad code to developing on time. That's why I recommend using B7Dev com. They're affordable, fast, and more importantly, trustworthy. Go to b7dev.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to helping you grow your app downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. And today, we've got a phenomenal guest here to talk all about UA strategies for your mobile games. Her name is Jen Donahoe. She is the marketing and growth lead at Riot Games. Jen, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. Jen, I'm a little winded after that big box now before our interview. So I was like, hey, this didn't sound as flowy as I normally do the intro, but I'm super excited to have you on here. And I really want to talk about some of the creative UA strategies that you've been able to accomplish at Riot Games. So I know at Riot Games, you guys are pretty much player focused. You talk about it every time. I've watched a few of your presentations as well. So how do you use that when you're approaching marketing? Is it just listening to the players? How do you really silence that, you know, vocal minority, as you said, to so how do you filter through all that noise? A lot of questions there, but I'll let you run with it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I, and I'm, I'm glad to, to be on your podcast and hopefully have some nuggets of information that really help uh, those of you out there who are looking for, how do you break through the clutter? I think we've all been our phones and seen a hundred of you, you know, hundred different UA ads and what actually works and what doesn't. And I think in the new world of uh, iOS 14.5, can't wait for that to come out, but we're <laughs> even more of a black box um, where AB testing doesn't really give us the same sort of insights that it once did. It's, it's almost like rewinding five years ago for all of us in the future of UA. So for Riot, uh, for those of you who don't know Riot Games, we are the makers of League of Legends. Uh, last year, we actually launched a bunch of other games, and now we have five games. So League of Legends, uh, Wild Rift, which is basically League of Legends on mobile. And if you are an, uh, someone who's a little bit older and used to play League, please pick this game up. I promise you'll love it. Uh, the game that I work on is called Team Fight Tactics. It's a strategy version of uh, basically of League of Legends and a, and a ton of fun. Uh, we also have another shooter called Valorant. And then a, a CCG or collectible card game called Legends of Runeterra. And all of these games launched last year. And for the first time ever last year, and by the way, we launched Team Fight Tactics during the first week of the lockdown in California. Uh, that was fun, launching a game from home. And uh, we've only been doing UA in mobile uh, since last year. So we just crossed the one-year mark. And uh, in doing that, what was really interesting about the uh, Riot's approach is Typically, we really focus on uh, what's cool for players. Everything we do in our secret sauce, in fact, the mission of our company is to be the most player-focused uh, game company in the world. We're actually changing that, the most player-focused uh, entertainment company in the world uh, in the coming year. And the reason why we do this is because the secret sauce of, of what makes a game great is its players and the player feedback and how much they love um you know, the experience that they have with their friends and community in the game. And so in doing that, what we saw and noticed is that a lot of community members and fans create their own kind of fan art or fan videos. And our players are incredibly talented. And actually, uh, the other thing is our, our players are around the world. So unlike many games that are in here in, in North America, we are actually most popular in China and Korea, uh, not to mention all the other places. And so there are creators around the world who um, have animation skills, CG skills. And what we noticed is that 
their art or their videos were getting a lot of hits on YouTube and other social media networks. So we went and contacted them and said, hey, can we partner with you and use your creations to help get other players into the game? And what we found after using some of that, we call it basically community creative, is we commissioned them to create, you know, how to play videos or here's why you should play videos or things like that. And we found that those assets, once you run them up, run them against very similar gameplay videos, always perform better in conversion, uh, retention, and, you know, even ROI at the end of the day. So uh, it's an interesting kind of tactic that we've really leaned in on. We've done it now for a year and, and keep doubling down. Recommend other people give that a shot. Ask your community to help you out for uh, UA Creative. So just to summarize, you have, you, I want to, you know, I'm talking to somebody. He's like, Hey, you got to make sure the person got it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to summarize. What yeah. You. Yeah, for sure. So you said, Hey, you got a community. They love creating stuff. So you get them to create content for you. And then you run that content. So it's like how to do X, Y, and Z in a particular game. And you run that as an ad on social mm -hmm. media. Absolutely. Okay. And we, we take it, you know, in many different directions. So in some cases, we'll run it directly as their content. So we work with a, a creator called Nevercake in North America who does really funny, quirky 2D animation. Uh, we ran his creative and we partner with him and we make sure that he's compensated. So all of that has to take place. Mm. But we run that creative as is. And we found great, great numbers. Uh, like I said, conversion above benchmarks. It was always our number one creative. Wow. So then what we said is, hey, why don't we add in some gameplay and see, run that as a test and see if it performs better. And it did because now we were adding contextual gameplay to the video or contextual uh, experiences if you're in a, you know, a different app other than games uh, that perform better. So it's not only the first thing that you do, it's iterating on it once you get it and adding in your own experiences and different um, different elements. Then we went and reached out to, uh, there's an Italian influencer called NeuroWolf who also did amazing creative for us. We've partnered with Korean and Brazilian and Russian influencers. All of this creative tends to um, outperform benchmarks. So oh. uh, we feel like we, we hit something there. Now, some of, you, some of you marketers might be like, hey, uh, are you're letting other people kind of control your brand? Do you have any concerns about that? And I think it's a valid concern, especially if you're a newer brand and you're, you're not very established. Uh, but for League of Legends and for Riot Games, because we have a 10-year-old brand that we're working with, we felt really comfortable. The thing we're going to do to evolve that is add some bumpers like brought to you by Riot Games or have our, our mascot's a penguin. Uh, you know, his name is Pengu. Actually, its name is Pengu because he is a... Uh, is non-binary like Kirby. Uh, so we will have them come and uh, showcase like, hey, um, this is Pengu's programming, you know, for TFT, something like this. We haven't kind of ironed it out. My creative director is going to kill me for even saying this right now. But um, I, I think that's a way that you can make community creative ownable and still reflect the brand. The brand. So again, sorry a lot. You want to you want me to summarize? No, no. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like we should, we could be talking this. We could do like a Joe Rogan type of podcast and let's just go three hours with this. No, I, I love it. And this is why I love talking to people because reflectly they were, what they were doing is they were reaching out to micro influencers and they had a full-time person on their team, reach out to micro influencers, talk about the app, use that content, that video. Mm -hmm. And part of it would be, you know, not so much the promotion through their own channels because they're micro influencers, but part of it was getting that content and using that content as ads. And that's been outperforming for them so much better too. So that's why I was like talking about to you before we hit record that themes start developing. And I love it when themes start overlapping too. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and listen, it's kind of like a, um, you know, I, I think we all know the the videos when a movie comes out and it's the, the accolades video, right? Like, oh, so-and-so said all these amazing things about it. It's a version of that, which is why we all read as, as consumers, you go to Amazon, you look for five-star rated items. You want to hear other people give you that validation that what you're about to engage in and play is worth your time because somebody they trust feels that way about it. And so I, I think it's an important factor you, and you cannot uh, ruin that authenticity and that relationship you have. And you have to, you have to treat it with respect because the second that you cross the line, your your community will realize that and they will they'll bug out on you so be super careful with the strategy
Now, because you're such a big brand, I'm assuming a lot of these like never cake, they're already creating content for you guys. Are mm-hmm. you just kind of like scouring YouTube, finding out who's talking about League of Legends, team fight tactics, and then being like, Hey guys, can we do some collaborations together? Is that how you guys are approaching it? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, we are even kind of advanced beyond that, where we have uh, a group it's called, uh, um, RPPR, uh, riot player platform. And so we have reached out to influencers around the world that are at the top tier of supporting league of legends and all of our other games. It used to be called LPP league. Uh, but now that we have five games, we had to extend it to riot and we have so many influencers. So for example, last week, um, we did an introductory to our new set for team fight tactics. So like a season, a major upgrade in the game that you might see in Fortnite or other games. And we reach out to these group of hundreds of influencers, set up time with them and walk them through the actual game. They go off and create their own content or their own streams so they can monetize. And some of the ones that do unique things like Never Cake or people who actually create uh, animations or other artwork, we'll, we'll reach out to them and say, hey, we'd like to partner with you on this and then commission them in the future. So. Um, it's kind of this virtuous circle of every time we do more with them, they get creative, then we reach out and get more. Uh, it, it is a cultivating relationship. We do have people on the team that focus primarily and specifically on influencers. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend you guys do the same. Uh, having a community team that is not just influencer, but there's a person for social, for PR, for comms. Uh, it's just, it's so important, uh, to listen and interact with your community, because let's be honest, they can, uh, they can push you up or they can pull you down very, very quickly. So you have to uh, maintain that authenticity. Are you guys doing any type of tracking to figure out, Hey, this streamer is bringing in more users versus others? Yeah. So this is the Holy grail question of of influencer marketing these days. I think it's, it's super, super tough to actually, uh, figure it out. I mean, one, one solution is, Hey, let's give them an attribution tracking link. Like we do, you know, in UA, but you know, we, what I've always found is no one clicks on that link. Yeah. Uh, so what we do kind of measure and we're working out how we can do this better. Obviously it is the number of streamers time spent on stream, you know, using Twitch, we can, uh, see, you know, try to chart our Twitch ranking and try to get that higher. We have done some data pools and, and noticed that the number of influencers and the time spent of players watching your videos does correlate to uh, higher DAU and higher metrics. So you can put some uh, correlations in there. So I think those are some good metrics to follow. But you know, the minute that somebody has all this figured out, please let me know. Uh, Fanebit is somebody we partnered with in the past. It's just, um, you know, it's a little bit expensive. I think, you know, my Google friends are awesome and I love them dearly, but that platform is a little bit expensive. Um, but the data that comes from it is, is pretty powerful. They're also limited to the number of, uh, influencers you can actually use on that platform. And they're not as global. I need, I need global reach. Uh, and many of you are fine in North America and, and that would be an excellent choice for you, uh, to give that a shot. So, um, give Fanebit a try if, if you, uh, are North America centric. I think, you know, the last I've heard, I've reached out to them a couple of times. I think they acquired $10,000 minimum budget. I, I can't remember. Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty pricey. Yeah. It's so that's why I'm like, it's not for everybody. Um, but if you're at the point where you want to go big and you want to scale and you have very specific goals, remember, you know, it all starts from the goal. It, like, what do you want to accomplish? Who's the audience you want to target to grow? Um, so for me, there's a year of work before you even get to the point where you're ready to pull the trigger on spending money. And it's really mm-hmm. understanding, you know, who's your audience? Do you have the product that fits what this audience wants? Do you have a unique hook that's gonna be interesting for players or for consumers? Sorry, I keep using players. Um, please substitute users or uh, consumer. I like players. Yeah, I, we, <laughs> I, I do too. When I was at Disney, we used guests instead of consumers. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And I, and I think it's, it's just something that really helps put your, um, your consumer in the right mindset where you uh, think about them. I mean, everything we do, we think about players and how we bring everything together. And it, it is more so than any other company, even more than Disney, even mm-hmm. more than my time at Disney, we think about the, the end user, the end player of the product. Well, that's cool. I say everybody's a friend. 
I like that. You're my friend. Yeah, I know Jen. I know Jen. I like She's that. my friend. <laughs> awesome. All right. We're friends now, Jen. There you go. Hey, Jen. So <laughs> what I did want to ask you is for those who might not have a huge budget, maybe this are, they're more of like an indie developer. They've got some games, so they've got a little bit of budget. Let's say $5,000, $3,000, How would you suggest approaching UA with that? Is it still going after influencers that's working well for you? What would you suggest to that person? Oh, yeah, I haven't... We, I, I think I spent five thousand dollars on on like a team dinner a couple of weeks. Ago. I'm just kidding. We haven't even <laughs> seen Jen, each other friend, in person. You know, next time you got. I know, I know. I was like, oh man, I I, I know he's going to ask me the what do you do with no money. Uh, so here here's the challenge. Um, when you have that that small of the budget, you got to make sure that to focus on the biggest bang for your buck. Um, so what I have found that works the most and drives the biggest kind of app installs or conversion rate increases is number one, uh, trying to get featured on the app stores. And I know that's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but uh, with live ops cards and with different things on the Google platform, and, and those guys are incredible. Uh, Apple has a lot of other great features. Try to get featured, try to find something uh, unique where you can submit yourself for featuring. Uh, number two, um, ASO, and I know you talk at length about ASO, uh, your app icon testing, your app name testing. Uh, there's a number of these platforms that really help identify like what's the biggest bang for your buck. Uh, you know, so it's it's icon, app name, uh, video, and like maybe your first screenshot, and focus on those things and test the hell out of it, and spend money on on that and and optimizing there because increasing that part of your funnel is great. So let's say you are ready to start, okay, uh, everything is optimized. We don't have a leaky bucket. Retention looks awesome. Our revenue is, is starting to climb. You, you should never spend any money until you know your product is ready to receive people. It's kind of like putting out the welcome mat. You're like, okay, the house is fully like cleaned. Let's start inviting people in. Then yeah, I, I do think that starting with um, making sure it's all about creative now to what I just said earlier, we've now taken a time warp five years back to where it's about your winning creative, create theme buckets that align to your audience segments. So let's say I want to go after new players for my, I have a strategy game. I want to go after, Hey, I know that people, some people really love to play Hearthstone. I think they would have a great time in TFT. And so I'm going to develop this creative specifically targeting them. I can't actually select them anymore but I know that this message would resonate them, with them. And so put that out and, you know, we use Google UAC, uh, we're using Facebook AAA now, which are the black boxes, but at least you can start to get a sense of like, is this resonating or not? Uh, and test that against some other consumer segments and some other themed UA. Does that, does that make sense? Does, yeah, that, totally. does that help? Hopefully, uh, yeah, like I said, 5,000 for us is, is a little bit small, but if I was starting over, that's kind of how I would think about approaching it. The, I love the whole leaky bucket. And I think too many times as developers, they tend to go like downloads, downloads, downloads. And then it's like, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, when I was, um, I was at Zynga and I was uh, on Farmville. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Hopefully many of us are old enough to remember. Jen, I should do a better job of like promoting like your past. So you're at Zynga, you did Farmville, you were at Scopely, you did a bunch of there. And I was like, oh my God, I totally missed this, all this stuff. And so <laughs> Mattel, I mean, you've been Tango. I was like, oh my God, Tango. I don't know. If oh, you're, you know what, Tango? What <laughs> oh, I didn't even, oh. So so Tango was an interesting experience where um, I, I, I took a, it was my first startup. I was like, hey, let me, uh, it was it was a messaging app in, and still is today. And I was there in 2013 and we were trying to bring in like a gaming platform and, and combine it all together. And it was really interesting being in a startup. And I, you know, we had organically 200,000 installs a day. Wow. Organically because of the network effect of, of at the time, you know, it was so difficult to get video conferencing and so difficult to get that on mobile and to be cross-platform. I know everyone's like, what are you talking about? But back in the day, that, that was not an easy thing to do. Um, so, so that experience like, kind of translates to some of your smaller clients. I'm like, oh, I've been, I've been in, in your shoes. It is not an easy thing to do. Uh, but at Zynga on Farmville, um, what we we were actually experimenting with TV. And so this was also in 2014, 2015, around that time where TV was a big deal for mobile games, especially mobile games targeting women and older women. Um, and so we were running TV. So 
we were actually testing it um, regionally. And so we would test in a couple of markets and then we would look at installs in that market and see if it worked or didn't work. And um, I had just joined and we were in the middle of testing and I looked at the retention and I'm like, why are we even running this TV test? Like retention sucks guys. And I, and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, well, we're not going to get a great outcome if, if the game isn't ready to have people come in. And um, we actually ended up shutting it off um, because the numbers didn't prove it out. And we, we turned it on, you know, in the future when we were able to make some improvements. But I, I think that just goes to the other fact that uh, make sure you're reaching across the aisle to your product team. Um, some of you might be growth and might have product and marketing together, but your product manager or, you know, the team working on the product, it's so important for you as a marketer to know the metrics of the full funnel of the game itself. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like your efforts are going to be in vain if they're like, we can't handle the, you know, it's like Jack Nicholson, we can't handle the truth. Like we can't handle the players, uh, depending on what, what state the game's in. I know on that note with the data and making sure retention strong, you know, in your, I was watching some of the other presentations you were doing, you said, get your game in to the user's hands as early as possible. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about how you guys approach that. Is it running through ads, doing that soft launch? And then what data are you looking for during that early stage? Yeah. So I think um, both platforms, iOS and, and in Google play offer uh, beta testing. So on, on iOS, it's called test flight and on uh, Google play, it's a, it's a beta testing and they have different tracks that you can take And Google offers you a little bit more flexibility, yeah. but both of them are great. And you can, and you should test on both because the, I think we all know the consumer, the player behaves very differently on each of the platforms. Uh, we know that Google has more reach. iOS tends to have higher monetization capabilities because of the, you know, the, the, the type of people that are on iOS platform. So uh, when we, um, especially in Scopely was excellent at this, we would have games in soft launch, we would call it soft launch uh, and run different betas for, uh, in some cases, two years before we would ever launch the game. And originally when you first go into your testing phase, uh, you want to make sure that the tech is working. And so we would typically pick a country like Singapore, English speaking, you know, predominantly country, but not a, not a big market to make sure that the tech could stand up. Can you withstand having these players in the game? The next step we would go to is making sure that the overall like game flow, the way that the, um, the game uh, core mechanics were, were working right. And that you're starting to make sure that people were retaining, playing the game, understanding the core loops. So I say core loop, it's like, what, what do you uh, expect to do inside of the game and repeat those actions over and over, depending on your app, you know, figure out what it is, your player journey or the journey of your player or consumer. And then the third thing, um, so that would go on for a few months and many, many updates. Then we would get to monetization. It's like, okay, um, people are coming back. People are enjoying this, this, are they going to monetize? How do we make money off of this? Let's test and test and, and this, this whole process would just lead you over months and months where you were constantly getting metrics coming in by country over this time too, you were expand, expanding the number of countries. So first it was like Singapore. Then it was like Aust poor Australia, like that, that poor country gets all of the shit apps. Uh, sorry, uh, I didn't mean the curse. All of the crap apps because everyone's testing in their market. Uh, when I was, I, I did an, uh, a podcast with, with the Google team and uh -huh. um, the woman was from, was from Australia and she's like, I know I get all these apps and then they go away or they change dramatically. And, oh, and by the funny. way, Super, Supercell does this, like it is not secret. And then you go to like, you know, Canada and some other countries to okay. make sure that uh, things are working well, and then you finally launch. So there's a whole process uh, that that you that you can follow through. Hopefully, I touched on some of some of your question there. I, I know I I go off topic, but hopefully, I'm getting there. No, I love it. The thing I wanted to mention too, I talked with Jordan Blackman, who we're getting so geeky about all these core loop stuff. So I recommend if the listener wants to go really geeky and dig deep into that. That episode's really great. We had a mutual friend who recommended he kept talking about jordan i was like all right let, let me reach out to this guy <laughs> bring him on but it was like core loop and this is way above my yeah. again i was just like well, i don't understand any of this stuff no i mean you're a marketer i mean the core loops are designers and, and that's what a game designer or an app designer is really responsible for is 
or product man led by a product manager, um, you know, those teams really help define the core experience that a player or user goes through and the journey they go through. And so I would also say that what a marketer can do and help guide uh, the team on is okay, who are our, who's our audience? What are the segments of of our audience and what is important to them? And then um, they can craft the experience and say, okay, we first want them to come in. We want them to understand this. We want them to do this. And then here's how we want them to come back because people kind of forget about the experience of engaging in an app should be a loop and you should want to have an experience and then come back or else, you know, why do we even do this? So uh, make sure that you, um, if you don't have a game designer or, or a, a product uh, marketer or, or sorry, a product manager, product managers are, uh, you know, typically the, like those MBA students who got really, really good at, uh, you know, all the metrics and can help really figure out and identify like, what is it you need to accomplish uh, inside of your app based on how people are performing. So um, sorry about like, that no, again. Great. Tangent. <laughs> <laughs> the the other thing I want to talk to you about is you have a way of listening to your users, but how do you filter out the ones mm. that are super loud? Might be the majority, might not be. How do you know that this is good feedback that we should take into consideration versus, you know, I told you my son has got some feedback for Valorant and he's like super excited that I was talking to somebody from Riot Games, but like, how do you make sure my son is legit <laughs> in his feedback versus just being like, all right, thanks, dude. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, control alt delete Reddit is no. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Reddit is actually, um, ironically, the vocal minority. So again, for Riot Games, I think the challenge is that um, most of our of our audience is is so worldwide, where the U.S. and North America is just a small percentage of of players. And so one of the things that we really have to think about is reaching out to all of our regions and making sure that the feedback uh, is representative. So we run a lot of player surveys and in the player surveys, we, you can actually launch these in app. If you work with, uh, you know, the survey monkeys of the world, um, you can actually run surveys inside of your app or have them take your player to just like a, um, a web-based game. I'm sorry, a web-based survey. And then that way you can have data where you can actually segment the player like by demographics or by like, did they make a purchase or not make a purchase? And then uh, ingest the data in a, in a bigger way, not in like, hey, here are the same 10 people that are complaining about things. We, we use Reddit and we use other sources directionally if there is enough upvotes, if there is enough kind of uh, feedback on a certain topic, then we will run a survey and go deeper to make sure that we fully understand so I, I think that's the key is uh, another, uh, you know, arrow in your quiver of team members is, is somebody who can do research or, can, or insights and who can help you do these things from a, not only a, a communication and in a, in a, in a qualitative and a quantitative perspective, but in the ability to then use the kind of the psychology of that to help your game team make the right decision, decisions. Speaking of Reddit, are you guys doing, are you guys testing out any new marketing channels that you're like, hmm, there might be some traction here? Yeah, for us, we, uh, we were testing Snap. Uh, we, we ran some campaigns recently where, uh, you know, uh, if I had a magic eight ball, um, all signs are pointing to good uh, in the early days of our Snap relationship. Um, Reddit isn't one we, you know, we're, so in, this is where I'm sure it's your favorite topic, incrementality. Right. Uh, if if you're on Reddit and you're you already love League of Legends, chances are you already play our game. So it's it's a very difficult channel for us to to uh, to find incrementality that makes sense. So we are trying to find new places where where our players already like don't already know about us. Um, Google UAC is by far. I mean, I think most people can attest to this. Uh, the best in the business right now at helping us find players, especially around the world because 70% of our audience plays an, on Android. And so uh, their reach and scale is what we need to get to. Um, if you're smaller, obviously, you know, the Reddits, the Snapchats, the TikToks, um, we'll probably look at TikTok soon. Um, you know, games and TikTok, I think is still an emerging kind of field, but uh, you know, we would definitely, you know, consider that. But we, we, we kind of focus on the big ones, ASA, uh, App Store, 
oh, what is it? Apple search ads. I, you know, you, you use the acronym so long you forget what it actually means. <laughs> uh, a ASA is something that is, is interesting to us. We, you know, sadly it's more defensive than it is offensive in terms of, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's value, so to speak, but um, it is a, another kind of arrow in the quiver. It's so funny at, if you're a League of Legends fan, um, our archer is Ash. It's it's the kind of an ice princess, ice queen, and I'm a DC Comics fan, and so I was using analogy. I was like, oh yeah, and like an arrow and like green arrows quiver, and they're like, like Ash. Like, oh, oh, sorry guys, sorry, wrong IP, wrong IP. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> the was I gonna say? Oh, I, to I totally lost my train of thought as I was thinking about the next thing. This is the hard thing about being an interviewee, like a podcast thing. I'm like, so much, I'm like, you know, having been on both sides, it's like, you know what? You you do it. No, I'll just answer your questions. You, you handle everything. No, <laughs> I, I think this is good. Let me see if it comes back to me. Well, actually, there's one thing that I wanted that I wrote down in my notes before we hit record too, was you're talking about a growth hacking team. What are they most in charge of? Mm. Well, so growth hacking, oh, that is so five years ago. Uh, so growth marketing, I, I try to I try to reposition ourselves as growth marketing. Um, what we think about and do, and there's not that many of us at Riot. It's actually something I'm I'm thinking of trying to um, build up a little bit more. But uh, it, it's it's really thinking about the top of the funnel. So I think all of us know the the traditional marketing funnel. But when you think of the full funnel, so the very, very top of the funnel acquisition is um, the acquisition happens across channels. We just talked about it, right? It, but there's channels within UA. There's also our um, own ecosystem. So for League of Legends, we have the client that you play the game in. We have all of our social channels. We have like 23 billion like impressions every, I don't know, every year that go out across our own channels. So we have that uh, as, as a potential channel to acquire people, obviously, uh, esports is another channel for us that we can use. So we have all these acquisition channels and what we want to figure out how to do is across our ecosystem. And now that we have multiple games like Valorant, you just mentioned that launched last year is how do we start to bring in players across our games, across our ecosystem and reach out to, to new players. And so we're really thinking about that in partnership with growth product. So the team of people inside the product that are really responsible for what's the onboarding experience? How are we driving retention and engagement? How are we monetizing? Uh, we also in growth marketing think about revivals so uh, or retargeting or re-engagement. And so I have KPIs and metrics around not only bringing in, we call them new to Riot play players because uh, we do have quite a bit of people that play across games, but our goal is also to bring in people who don't even know any of the Riot portfolio games. And then we want to revive people. League of Legends is, I think, 12 years old this year. And, um, you know, what happens if we can bring back so many people, so many of my uh, LinkedIn network, I was posting some, uh, some great videos by the team um, on, on Wild Rift, which is basically, like I said earlier, League of Legends on mobile. And so many of my, my friends, I'm, I'm, uh, over 40. So I'll just go ahead and say that now. So many people have aged out of League of Legends and my friends are like, I just picked this up and I played it. And I, I think I'm going to be back in because now I can play the game that I love in 20 minutes on my phone, wherever I am. And like, thank you guys for doing this. This is now kind of bringing back something that I really loved about being younger. So, um, sorry, a tangent again, off of growth marketing, but growth hacking going back to like what that was is uh, that was more of my, actually my tango days where I would sit with a product manager and it's like, okay, what if we send an email to everyone who posts a photo and that way they click into the app. Um, and so that's where you got all those annoying emails from Facebook back in the day. That's that, that was like what I used to do with a product manager and yeah. people hated me for it. But so now I just make UA ads that are hopefully entertaining. <laughs> Like, I remember all the questions. I had to write them down while you're talking okay. to you. All right. Okay. <laughs> you said you're big in the Asian countries. Are you doing any type of localization in there from oh, yes. like icon and like character perspective? Are you doing anything that fancy? Uh, absolutely. Um, okay. It is a must. If you, um, so for Riot, we take this super seriously. We actually have one of our biggest offices is in Korea. Um, you know, I think if you were to go and ask a, a Korean player is, is Star Wars or League of Legends more important to you, they would say mm -hmm. League of Legends. It's like, it's that big. 
the uh, the awareness is over a hundred percent. Like if you can wow. be over a hundred percent in China and Korea, we would be. So those offices end up doing a lot of their own creative where I, I do uh, and work on all of our creative kind of centrally. We make um, our campaign assets centrally, but then we work with them and give them briefs where that office or that team actually creates um, a lot of their own assets bespoke because they are experts. So what we do find is that um, regions, especially regions with cultural or language, um, you know, very you know, specific places that have their own uh, unique way. Uh, I'm not finding the right words to say this because, sorry. But um, what I'm trying to say is that we can't always get it right as dumb Americans. I will be the first person to admit I've, I had the pleasure of being able to travel all around the world, but I don't always know what's right for the Korean market or for the yeah. German market. And so we tap into all of the other markets to get um, their feedback to make sure that the central assets we make are awesome. And those are usually our big CG videos um, that we that we put out. But then we ask those markets to say, hey, here are the assets, go create some assets that work for your market specifically. You will only use those locally. Cool, no problem. Uh, but there are some times in some cases where a local asset will resonate globally. And so um, my favorite one is there's a video we did uh, that the Korean team did for Team Fight Tactics, our mascot's a penguin. Yeah. And it's a rapping penguin video in Korean. And it's uh, we ran it globally. And now we're on like the fourth or fifth version of it because it's just such a hit that we get very faint we get a very famous um korean rap artist to actually partner with us and put this out and yeah. we put it out globally because it's just amazing but hopefully you know that answers you know yeah, a little bit of the question i was trying to pull it up right here on my computer just to see what the icon the screenshot differences are i know within the asian market it's a little bit you know like certain styles resonate more than others in the western countries so that's why I thought I asked. Absolutely. I, I encourage you if it is a market you want to go into. When yeah. I was at Scopely, uh, one of the things that I was in charge of was launching uh, WWE. Yes, wrestling. Nice. Um, uh, I was in charge of launching that in Japan and Korea. And you may not know this, but the Japanese market is huge into wrestling. They absolutely love wrestling, but <laughs> uh, so necessarily like a stretch to do that. But I had to partner with um, local agencies to uh, actually do subway marketing. If you want to reach people, the best way to possibly reach, uh, you know, especially uh, the, the larger Japanese market is uh, through subway marketing, either in the cars or in the stations. And so we did that. And then um, I worked with a, you know, a, a very local agency to, to localize all of our creative. Um, it's so such different sensibilities and how you think uh, creative should go that as a, again, as a Westerner, you need to like back off and let, and let, um, the experts tell you what's right for that market. Yeah. I'm just looking at some stats publicly. looks like us South Korea is huge for you guys too. Or yeah. We launched in, uh, when, when our game, when any of our games launch, I think right now you'll see wild Rift and a number of the games are, are in the top apps in Korea. Wow. Like not, not just games, but our games are in the top apps. We launched Teamfight Tactics as the number one app in the Korean app store for like five That's days. Awesome. That's yeah, awesome. It was, it was incredible. And the same thing just happened for Wild Rift. And, and I, I think it's the power of brands. Uh, and in why, what I love about the Scopely strategy was we would, uh, had a specific strat strategy to license great brands and use that almost as a way to mm. elevate your app in the app store because player yeah. perception is already there. Like when I worked on Scrabble and Monopoly and all those games, you don't have to tell people how to play Monopoly and Scrabble. They know how to play. Right. But um, if we were launching a new version of it, then we might have a little bit extra to do, but people were already halfway there. So a secret strategy is where you can, you know, license something that people know. Uh, it might actually be worth the licensing fee to do yeah. that. We had a good episode of licensing from, I think it's called from bench games i don't know if the from mm. is there but there we're talking all about that okay last thing that twitch versus youtube are you seeing any metrics from like twitch being a better platform is it starting to outperform youtube from the streamers oh you're gonna get me in trouble with both of my partners um <laughs> so we i mean I, I couldn't speak more highly about both of those partners i think they serve a little bit different purposes uh what we see from twitch is 
you know, obviously that's players streaming and, it, and it's kind of in real time and it's interactive with players. Uh, we also work with them on things like Twitch Rivals, which is influencers who get together in a tournament. Those do incredibly well for us. We have wow. one coming up on May the 4th be with you. And I'm like, guys, of course. Of course. guys like I, that's I, I, as someone who used to work on Star Wars and make Star Wars toys, I'm like, hmm can we not pick the star Wars day to like do our major event? I think people are going to be watching that new animated series on Disney plus that day. But anyway, um, so, so Twitch is really about that and it, it hits a certain, uh, kind of scratches an itch for, for players. YouTube, what we see, it plays a little bit differently. Um, it is, yes, live streaming can be really important, but it's more about VODs. It's more about educational content. It's mm -hmm. more about, um, you know, fun and entertainment around the brand in a different way. So I think, again, you know, to the, it's another uh, analogy to the uh, arrows in your quiver. They serve different purposes. You have to really make sure you understand what each one does for you and then play to those strengths and, and make sure that you, um, you are kind of segmenting your strategy for those channels. You know, my, that's how my, my son finds out about games is mm -hmm. TikTok. He's always on TikTok. He's, almost 13 now and Twitch and you normally YouTube I'm like, how'd you find out that game? Well, just saw my streamer, my favorite streamer talk about the game. That's how he finds out. He yeah. doesn't, you know, like in you to our like attribution talk, it was like, mm -hmm. then what? And then he's like, I just searched for it in the app store. Yeah. That's, that's it. what I say. Yeah. And don't they say that YouTube is like the second biggest search engine to, you know, yeah. Google search. Uh, it, it, it's just that, that is the journey now that most players go through and with, What's great and interesting and scary is that um, streamers can make or break a game. So there's a group of streamers who who play a lot of League of Legends games and they started to play Among Us. Uh, and then everyone in the world like watched them play it at all. And that's why Among Us was a pop and drop and had just that huge moment, even with you know AOC playing um, a little bit. But now they've kind of fallen off because some of those influencers have moved on to Valhalla or the next the next kind of game. And so I think you've got to be uh, careful of the pop and drop. And if you are going to have influencers kind of point their fire hose at you, make sure you're ready and that you have content updates ready to go or else you risk kind of losing that well, it audience. Seems like and you then, guys are doing a really good job making sure that the influencers know that Riot Games is top of mind. Like, hey, we got a yes. new one. You give them, I'm sure you're giving them special access, early access to mm -hmm. a bunch of the new levels too. Yeah, we actually just last week um, did streaming events where we every day we do a different part of the world and we have our local market kind of translating. We bring our devs to talk about the game and give them uh, Adobe Spark does this really, really cool like microsite where you put all your assets into um, uh, Adobe Spark and it, and it kind of makes a mini microsite with all of the assets that are easy for influencers and PR to go and kind of grab yeah. from it. Uh, brand new tactic that we're using. And I love it. I'm telling everybody about it. I don't even, I'm not even getting paid by any of these people, just so you know. Um, I hope, I mean, maybe that's my next, I, I need to start like making money for myself on, on these, uh, on these podcasts. But I, I, I do want to share really great tools with you because, you know, if I'm listening, that's what I want to hear is like, give me, give me some sort of specific reco that I can go away and start trying and check out. It's going to make my life and my business better. Oh, I like these little short little videos too. Oh man, I just created some little thing. Uh, I could probably use it during Spark. I have a video editor. And I was like, hey, let's do this little Instagram reel. And I could, I'm like, you know, I'm big on Instagram reel right now. It's like, oh, let me try mm -hmm. these new things. Anyways, that's interesting. I like this new tool. All right, I'm all game. I know, I it's this. awesome. See, yeah. look, I even taught you something. Hey, this yes, is awesome. that's why I like it. I just, I'm, here, I'm here to learn. Yeah, I don't. This is why I continue to do this. And I said, I'm never going to stop doing this because I learned so much through these conversations. Jen, anything I missed that you want to make sure we cover? Oh, that is a good question. I think, you know, earlier we we're talking about um, not recreating the wheel. I think it, it's exactly what you're talking about. Uh, the reason why I do these and listen to these is uh, I want to make sure that I'm learning from others that know it best. So, um, you know, feel free to hit me up on uh, LinkedIn or um, you know, any of the other channels. Uh, I, I wanna make sure to stay open and collaborative. I think, especially as a woman in gaming, um, I think many of us know it's, it's you know, we're the 20 of the 80, 20 uh, percent of people in, in the video game workplace. And so I want women to know that 
um, you know, there, there's kind of like a silent army. We're all here for each other and um, want to make sure to pass on any of those learnings to help each other out and, and stay open and share. Um, I've had such a great experience lately with um, a woman who is um, the, the head of growth uh, at EA and another woman who is the head of uh, growth for Call of Duty Mobile. And I just want to say thank you to them. Who, they were so open, so honest, and we were able to kind of share and learn from each other because I feel like in this industry, everyone is, is out to help each other. And there's not that backstabbing nature that sometimes happens. And I think, you know, thank you for offering a platform for people like me to kind of share our learnings. Uh, I really appreciate that. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for being so open. I mean, there's some strategies in there that I'm like, hmm, that's really clever. <laughs> thank you for sharing it. You know what I mean? I'm like, maybe wait six months. I don't know, but that was really good stuff. Jen, this has, been ab- this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. And I'm super excited to hear your answer on this. Give us one app we should definitely check out. Oh, okay. So um, I've been into biohacking lately. So my pandemic hobby has been, how do I kind of optimize myself? So uh, Dave Asprey is the kind of founder of biohacking. And I was like, okay, let me try intermittent fasting. And then I found out about this app, this app and the service called Levels. And it is a continuous glucose monitor. So basically you stick this thing on your arm. Uh, it's, it's actually what diabetes patients use to mm-hmm. constantly monitor their blood glucose, blood glucose levels. And um, what this app does is it really shows you uh, your blood glucose, you can, you can mark when you exercise, what you eat and you kind of track everything. And it allows me to be really accountable to my diet and how do I, you know, making sure that I'm being as healthy as I can. And I think the future, if I had to say, you know, I love gaming, but if I had to go into something in the future, it's going to be like this, this kind of medical technology field. I think there's so much they can offer for the greater good. You know, I, I like to say that I like to work with cool people doing cool stuff and having fun doing it uh, and learning a lot. And and now I want to add maybe comma and staying healthy since all of us have had a rough year. Um, So, so that's my favorite one. I, you know, check them out there. It might be hard to actually check out because I think it's a, it's a beta process. I think, I think my apps are only on test flight right now, but I think it's Mm. levelshealth.com and you can sign up and it's a little bit pricey. I, I do say it's not for everyone, but if you're serious about your health and um, they were also great. I was able to do a, um, a call with them. I, I just emailed tech support and they're like, you know, would you be interested in talking to us about your experience? You and know. that goes to kind of what you were saying earlier. They did a one-on-one appointment with me and I'm like, Hey, I do app marketing. So here's what you need to do on like visibility on education and partnerships. <laughs> awesome. And the guy was just staring at me like, Oh my God. And he, he was so nice. He sent me a book like when like, uh, about like, you know, healthy stuff. Uh-huh. And I, I was just like, I, I was so helpful. You know, it was great to give that feedback and really participate like that. So sorry. I no, I love it. Do you wear that thing? Do you wear I that? I do. Okay. All the time. Oh, Is it intrusive sorry. or? Let me see. No, not at all. Sorry. I know we're on. Uh... It's right there. I see it. Yeah. It's kind of poking through your shirt. That's awesome. Oh, wow. And it's, it's like washable, usable, reusable. Yeah. 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 So they oh, give you um, the, so it's a disc underneath on my arm and then they uh-huh. give you the sticker. So when, cause I work out and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, you wear it for two weeks. Um, I can change the sticker. So it's just that, you know, that's their branding on mm-hmm. the sticker and I shower and everything. And then I actually am going to replace it in a couple of days. Okay. And so with a new sticker. Yeah. like Yeah. With a new, yeah. With like a new sensor mm. and, um, it's, it's by a company, like my, my stepmom actually has diabetes and has one of these. And so some people are like, wait, you want to purposely wear something that diabetes patients wear? Are you insane? But it, it, oh, let's see. The virtual background. Got my, my virtual annoying background on here, but it helps me really understand and see, um, you know, exactly kind of what's going on, uh, inside my body. So that's my blood glucose. That's my food that I had. And, and it tracks and it has a little bit of gamification in it too. It shows me like wind streaks, like, Hey, you've been in your zone for six days. Good job. I agree with you about the whole like biohacking and that's where the technology is. I have an aura ring, which I absolutely love. I got an early birthday present. Yeah, there you go. Oh, we got the same one. We got the same one. Yeah. The same one. I replaced my wedding ring, Jen, with the aura ring. Oh my goodness. I know. It's so funny because I was telling my brother-in-law, he's like, 
why do you have that? Don't you just mm-hmm. wake up and know how you how well you slept? I'm like, no, no. Yeah. Don't. I'm like, no, trust me. I love this thing. I wake up and I look, that's the first thing I look at. Yeah. I know what, what I need somebody to do. And what I told um, my levels friend to do is there needs to be one app that rules them all. Um, there's, there needs to be an aggregator of, you know, the, this metrics, the Aurora ring, my fitness apps. Cause right now I'm in, I'm in my scale. I have one of these scales that connects to your phone and tracks yeah. everything, but I'm in four different it's apps. Yep. I'm like, somebody make well, one app to rule no, the ball. No, I like it separate, Jen, because they, they'll never do it well. If they try to do it all at once, mm. I like I like it siloed. Okay, fair point. <laughs> the only disagreement you'll get from me. All <laughs> right, Jen, what's a, lo- what's a lesson that and it could be personal or business related, but what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? Um, perhaps you can tell from this conversation, I have the... Uh, opportunity to be a little bit of a bull in a china shop. And I think, um, you know, throughout my career, I, uh, I I can be a little bit opinionated. I can be a little bit of direct and and straightforward. My family's from New York and uh, I've got a little bit of that New Yorker in me, but I grew up in Texas. So I I do it with a smile. Um, (laughs) And I think my, my advice is, uh, and what I've really learned being at Riot is listen first um, flex to other people's style, try new things and take accountability when you F up, uh, and then commit to learning and growing. And I think, um, I I think those are skills that can be, we don't talk about that enough with our, our our coworkers and our peers. Sometimes it's all about results. Um, it should be about how you get the results, not just getting the results. So hopefully that's, that's helpful. No, that is, it is. It's something I needed to hear personally right now. Jen, the the website guys, obviously Riot Games. You guys can check it out. Go check out TFT. I think you can just search for TFT in the app stores and yep. League of Legends. You guys all know about that. Jen, if the audience wants to follow up with you personally, do you want to send them anywhere else? Um, for our games, I think I mentioned all the games earlier. Very easy to search in the app store if you want to connect with me. I think uh, my mother calls me Jennifer. So it's uh, Jennifer Donahoe. D-O-N-A-H-O-E in LinkedIn. Uh, hit me up. I would love to talk more to people. <laughs> I was trying to, I was going to try to imitate that accent too, but I think that's going to be too hard. But Jen's <laughs> name will be linked up to her LinkedIn. So reach out to her just like we did to try to get her beggar to come on. Jen, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Oh, thanks. for This was, this was awesome, Steve. It was a pleasure. We can talk more offline about all our other geeky biohacking. Uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's do that. I can't wait. Thank you all for listening. And I'll see you on the next chat. Want to increase your downloads and revenue? Check out our new ASO Master Service where we help you with ASO, optimizing your revenue, and we'll even manage your Apple search ads and Google ads. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters Podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.